0: My name is Sarah Vioso. In May of 2020, I was diagnosed with glioblastoma, the most aggressive type of brain cancer known. This is my spiritual journey of completely surrendering to God's will while healing my soul through His grace. Welcome to Surviving Fear. Episode 26, Patience. Did some of you just start sweating when I said the word patience? Because I am horrifically impatient. And when you are diagnosed with anything of medical, I don't want to say that, but I guess, yeah, any medical issues that you're diagnosed with, just be prepared for the greatest lesson in patience you will ever, I shouldn't say that. I should say, just be prepared for a very large lesson in patience. And it's not something that I put in my life yet. Like, it's not something that I ever put any thought to that you requires patience. But as I continued in this journey, like, cause normally like I would, you know, patience was required. I can't imagine how much patience was required you know, when when I think about when I was a kid, like, there wasn't email. You know, we live in a society of, like, instant gratification. You, like, the information age, you can get any piece of information you need is at the, your fingertips. It's in your phone. Google it. Let me look it up. How many times do I want to see the answer to this? Or a question comes up, nobody has the answer. Oh, I'll just look it up. You know, it's that easy. But when you're dealing with medical problems... There's a lot of waiting that has to happen. I have to wait for phone calls from doctors, and there's nothing worse than missing a phone call from a doctor, and then you can't get back to them directly, and then you have to play this waiting game and the game of phone tag. You know, it's unfortunate. Um, you have to wait for emails. Like, I was emailing my oncologist quite a bit, which I'm so grateful, Dr. N, if you're ever listening to this, I'm so grateful that even when she was on vacation, she would get back to me. Like, that was really heart. I mean, so good for my heart that, I mean, she's there, she's caring, and I appreciate it. I'd like to think I'm one of her all star patients because I do everything I'm supposed to do, but I also ask her a ton of questions. And I'm always so grateful for her getting back to me, usually within half an hour, if not immediately. Like, there's been times that I was emailing back and forth, and I'd say, Do you have a second to talk? And then my phone would ring and there she is. I mean, she is a world-renowned neuro-oncologist that called me when I said, hey, I'm just struggling with this. And she's amazing. I can't, my team at UCLA has just been phenomenal. But you have to wait for texts. The best and worst one is waiting for test results. I was getting blood counts done every day and it'd take 24 to, you know, it'd take Anywhere from a few hours to maximum twenty four hours. I mean, when you're a stat patient, which every one of my blood draws and are stat because they need to know whether or not I can take medication or not. I mean, it's, trust me, it's not something you want to achieve is being you know being having being a stat patient for your results. But um, I am, <laughs> and so they you know, I luckily don't have to wait too long, but even then I'm horrible at waiting just a few hours. Um, especially the MRI results, at least the MRI results, you know, I know within, I purposely schedule my MRIs. So it's within 24 hours, I know how it went. And I grew impatient. I actually like morph into a teenage girl. It's like, I feel like, you know, I'm waiting for my boyfriend to text me. And so I keep looking at my phone over and over again. Has he texted yet? Has he texted yet? Did I miss it? Like, I'll go to the bathroom and I'll come back. And then I look to see if my text has come in. Or has that, have those results come in? Like, I I sit there and, you know, morph myself back into a nervous teenage girl. Is it there yet? Do we have the results yet? Or even a college, you know, like applying to college and waiting to see if I got in yet. Or did I get the scholarship or, you know, just waiting for that phone call and, or, you know, even just how did my kids do, you know, how did you do on your tests? Like I would sit there and check my phone and I text them, did you get the results yet on your final? Did you, you know, it's just, I'm, I have morphed into that information age where I'm so used to having everything at the fingertips. And it, again, like I talked about in the last episode, it becomes an idol, It's something that's taking up real estate in my brain more than God is. You know, it's taking away my focus from trusting in his plan and knowing that he's got it. It's taking my focus away from my relationship with him and putting it on, I need to know, I need to know, I need to know. I need the information right now. I actually needed it yesterday, you know, and that's something that we deal with that is like morphed from the baby boomer generation to now. And that's a pretty, not that long of a time frame, at how much has changed since, you know, my parents were kids to when they're now, you know, to, to now to this age that we're in. I mean, they've had the baby boomers have had to go through a lot of change, you know, and they're very, much more patient than my generation even tends to be. And I mean, you might as well forget the younger generations. Patience is a thing of the past because they're just so used to knowing everything. And I want to share with you a story of my grandmother, uh, my Grammy. Her name was um, Elena. She went by Helen. And my grandfather, my pet pap and this is my dad's parents. And I didn't get to know Papap too much. I was eight when he, um, when he transitioned, when he passed away. Um, I have very limited memories of him. They're all good. My favorite is him yelling at my cousin David for, uh, I think he was, well, one, he broke the light. Him and my brother broke the light in the basement garage, swinging a golf club in a shop. I think the other one was, he was picking the tomatoes and my grandfather, man, he had a tomato garden like no other. It was awesome. And in Steubenville, Ohio. Um, but he, uh, and those of you, um, that are Catholic are familiar with Steubenville because the Franciscan University of Steubenville is very popular in the Catholic church. Uh, it's a, it's kind of the Mecca for, uh, the Franciscans, involved in Catholicism. A lot of people go there. Um, There's a lot of different conferences that happens there. Uh, And it's cool because both my mom and dad are from there. And I just love it because the best sausage sandwich on the planet exists right across the street from there at uh, the Capri, Capri sausage sandwich. And I make my own sausage. The the, recipe has been passed down from my dad, who was passed down from my grandfather. And I don't make it as well as them, but I do my best. But yeah, the, it's, my parents were married there. My dad went to college there. It's just kind of a cool thing. Anyway, I digress. Let's get back on track. But my, my grandparents got married right before my grandfather, was a, who was in the Army. Both my grandfathers were in the Army. But um, my grandfather was shipped off for World War II. And they got married like the, when there's one picture that exists and my grandmother was wearing a pair, it was a black and white picture, but I guess it was a Navy suit. She had this beautiful skirt, um, skirt and jacket on. She had a matching hat and they're standing in someone's driveway. And I guess they had gotten married. They had, they, you know, I think it was them and just, I, you know, I don't even know who attended the wedding, but there isn't a, that's the only picture that exists. And then I want to say a few days, but shortly after that, my grandfather was shipped off to fight in World War II. And his story, you know, um, their story is very touching, especially like Fourth of July is coming up and any of the military hol- holidays just kind of pull pulling my heartstrings. And you guys know I'm a veteran, the Air Force, but I never saw War. I never saw a theater of war. I was. I. My job was to support the warfighter. Do my job was to do the very best at what I did to allow all branches of the service to have the communications they need that they could communicate safely and get where they needed to go without worrying about the enemy intercepting the messages they needed to get. So, you know, my they didn't. You know. During World War II, they didn't have this technology. They weren't, you know, these guys were going off young, young men. And the women went to the factories and took over their jobs so this country would keep going. And that love of country just really resonates with me. You know, and I know, you know, we're in a very divided time. And I just pray that we get back to a united time because this country is something special. And sometimes I think we forget that it really is. And sorry to digress and I'll get back to my, the story now, but my grandfather, um, was in the, um, North African theater of the war and he was captured and he was marched a ridiculous amount of mileage in the hundreds and hundreds of miles and eventually ended up in Italy and you know the stories that came out of Italy you know it was kind of, it was a blessing that he did go to Italy before he went to Germany to the concentration camp because you know my grandfather spoke the language and so the locals would smuggle chickens to into the them so they could eat cuz they were prisoners And one of the stories, which I don't know if this is lore or if this has happened, but one of the stories I knew growing up was that my grandfather had an abscessed tooth while he was um, being held captive in Italy. And the butt, he convinced one of his guards to use the butt of his rifle to hit him in the face to knock his abscessed tooth out. And the Italian soldier didn't do it as punishment. He did it to help him. Because it's not like they're going to get dental care when you're a prisoner of war. From there, my grandfather then um, was transferred to a concentration camp in Germany. Now, mind you, he just got married to my grandmother. And she was you know you don't you, you don't get to send emails you know there was no communication other than letters that were written and the way they they would on the radio they would read every night the names of those that were killed in action and so every night for two and a half years my grandmother sat by her radio Listening for my grandfather's name. To hear if he'd been killed. Two and a half years. That's patience. That's a lesson in patience that we could all learn from. And that's love. And my grandmother, my Grammy was a very devoted um, Christian Catholic that, you know, I, my memories of her is her, you know, taking time during, you know, lunch, whenever we were there and she would always go lay on her bed with her rosary and say a rosary. And, you know, I think I've mentioned it before, but like rosaries, saying a rosary is kind of like, um, a form of meditation. It's prayers, you know, so well that it centers your mind on, it centers your mind on God through Mary. And I, you know, some people are confused by that. And if you're not, if you're not Catholic, you know, we don't worship Mary. Mary intercedes on our behalf. And I think I've said this before, but it's like, you know, the saints that we, you know, that we pray to, we don't, they we're not praying to them as we would Christ. We just, you know, there's, they lived a very, Godly life here, and they say, "Hey, can you pray for me?" It's just like you asking me, "Hey, Sarah, I'm having this struggle. Will you pray for me?" And that's the same thing we do. Like we pray to Mary, saying, "Hey, can you intercede for me? Can you pray for me? Because you're the Mother of God. And can you pray for me for this struggle that I'm dealing with?" So it's kind of that same thing. So my grandma would do that, and such a faithful woman till the day she transitioned over. And I can only imagine because we lost my grandfather young. He was 65. I was, I was eight when he passed. Grammy made it into her. I think she was ninety two when she passed. Maybe ninety. I'm so sorry. I don't know that off the top of my head. I should. She was just a phenomenal woman of faith, a phenomenal woman of patience. And I have been guilty that you know one of the songs when I'm you know. One of my favorite songs, like a song that pops into my head a lot. Uh, one of the lines in it is, "Strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord." Strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord. So we get stronger the more patience that we have, as we wait for to watch His plan develop. We get stronger. And I think about that, and I say, you know, so that's telling us, live your best life. Live your best life, because you get stronger. Like, if you focus on those things that you're waiting for, instead of focusing on living your best life, you miss out on your life. You miss out on the joys of life. And, you know, I've been guilty of living my life through cancer. Instead of living my best life. What are you guilty of? I like say the sentence. I have been guilty of living my life through blank. Insert your struggle. My struggle right now is cancer. What's your struggle? Are you guilty of living your life solely focused on that struggle instead of trying to live your best life? You know, I'm trying to live my life that, you know, I have to deal with this like annoying thing, this brain cancer thing. And yeah, I have to do things that deal with that. But I'm living my life outside of that. Yeah, I've got to go to doctor's appointments, got to get some blood draws. You know, I need to eat well. But my focus is how can I have fun today? How can I glorify God today? And I'd like to say I do that every day. I don't. I try really hard to, but I don't. I just encourage you that instead of focusing on what, you know, instead of focusing your energy on whatever that struggle is, choose a laughter, choose kindness, choose adventure. Choose trying something you've never tried before and the joy and the anticipation that comes with that. Choose family and friends. Choose fresh air. Choose fun. Choose a funny show. Choose a funny movie. Choose a fun game. Choose prayer. Choose love. Choose God's love. There are so many amazing things in this world that if you put that focus on the struggle, you miss out on that list. And that's just a very short abbreviated list. The list is so much longer than that. I want to close out with Psalm 27 verses 13 and 14. And it says, I would have lost heart unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Thank you for listening. I'm Sarah Vioso, and I'll see you at the next episode of Surviving Fear. Surviving Fear is made possible by the efforts of our executive producer, JT Henderson, writer and director, Sarah Vioso, producer and editor, Kristen Walker, artistic creator, Laura Ritchie, graphic editor, Linda Lee, and musical artist and composer, Adam Vioso.